All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Lineup Setters with Justin Henry, Aaron Mukes, Aaron, my man. We are here in the building. How you What's living? good? What's good? I'm living good, man. I'm uh, getting over this, uh, what they call Halloween hangover. Uh, you, <laughs> you know what it is, but I'm good, man. Ready for another good day of football, brother. Man, is that too much candy or what? Because you're talking about hangover, uh, man. Yeah, if, if that's what you call candy, Jameson and, <laughs> Jameson and Ginger Ale's candy. Man, well, it looks like we're also getting over a week uh, absence hangover. For, so thank you for stay tuning in with us. The lineup setters here on Landry Football Network. And, man, we have an exciting week of football here. It is week eight of the NFL, man. And we missed a week last week, but there's been some exciting some exciting things. So I think instead of talking about, you know, my win that I got in DK two weeks ago, <laughs> Let's just get straight into it, man. Let's start talking about these games because it's an important week for fantasy. There's a lot of teams who are right on the cusp, probably four and three, three and four. Or even if you're looking at like a one and five, you may be looking at how can I get back in this playoff picture? Or if you're five and one, six and oh, you're like, I need to keep this lead because these other teams are coming hot. I need to buy. So important week for fantasy football. Um, I think it'd be good for us to dive into the games. Any advice for fantasy players right now, Mutes? Uh, the one thing I'll say is we kind of been talking about it all year is if you had depth on your roster, you're probably sitting pretty right now because a lot of injuries, man. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of star running backs go down um, and also some movement around the league. Some some interesting names popping up like Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell to Kansas yes. City. So we got we got some names popping up. So if you had depth, you're probably sitting pretty. And if you didn't, then we'll probably give you some names today that of guys that are out there on the waiver wire that you could possibly pick up and uh, give yourself a chance um, going down the stretch of this this playoff run here. Yes, and as always, if you have questions about your lineup, feel free to drop them in the comments. We'll be checking periodically. Um, we will try. We'll address all of them by the last ten minutes of the show. If not, we'll get some in during the meantime. But let's get things kicked off. Let's start with. The Colts and the Lions. We've got an early game with the Colts and the Lions. Colts coming off a bye, Aaron. How are you feeling about this matchup in general? Well, I'm just going to say, first of all, Matt Patricia, I'm starting to I'm starting to get back on your side because DeAndre Swift is starting to see the ball a little bit more. Hold on. Before, uh, before we get to that, how about that call two weeks ago, my man? DeAndre hey. Swift. I got another one today, too. Not not just two weeks ago, man. This has been a, a number of weeks in a row. My man Justin Henry's calling out these breakout players. So if you're not listening, uh, you're, you're not paying attention, then you're probably not doing your due diligence in your leagues. Because two weeks in a row, it was Chase Claypool one week and then DeAndre Swift in another week. And, he, I mean, he told us. He told us it was going to happen, and, and it did. So the breakout came out. Uh, we saw DeAndre Swift now two weeks in a row. Um, the snap percentage is not really in, increasing, but the touches are increasing. And you see who the best player in that backfield is. Um, AP's yeah. averaging less than three and a half yards a carry, and DeAndre Swift's over four, and he just looks like the more explosive back. So I look for that to continue this week against the Colts. Um, and I'm also looking for the Colts to come off a bye week um, against a team like Detroit, who's who's looks like they're trending in the right direction. But yeah. I'm looking for players like Jonathan Taylor to, to come out and have another good week. And then who's going to step up in that Colts wide receiver uh, group? We saw T.Y. Hilton uh, have some life in the last time uh, they stepped on the field, but we'll see if that continues this week against Detroit. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what the Colts do this week. They've had a really slow start to the season offensively when it comes to fantasy purposes. Um, they've been a little bit of a of an underwhelming choice. Obviously, they haven't had a star receiver stand out, even though they have some names, T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, 
Mike Pittman, like you see all the names, Zach Pascal. It's just like nobody is consistent. And I think with Phillip Rivers, we might that might be a trend here too. Even at the tight end position, Moali Cox, Jack Doyle. It's just like you never know with this Colts team. But the one rock I feel like they are going to start exploiting is Jonathan Taylor. What do we have in this running back? What can we do? He's obviously getting the RB1 carries and touches that we need to see. We haven't really seen that game from him yet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was this week as they try to establish control of the ball, control this game and come off a bye week strong. Um, and then on the Detroit Lions side, I think that we can also expect Matt Stafford and Kenny Galladay to hook up uh, as usual. It's business as usual, I think, for the Detroit Lions offense. Not really a whole lot there um, outside of the normal. And, yes, DeAndre Swift, man, I think as the season evolves, we're going to see him take over the lion's share of the carries. No pun intended. Actually, that was pun intended. <laughs> Moving on to, my, to Minnesota and Green Bay Packers. Division, uh, division matchup. Between the Vikings and the Packers, uh, this should be a shootout, man. I'm thinking we're going to have some fantasy goal here. What are your thoughts on this game? Um, I mean, if it's anything like week one, you're absolutely right. It's going to be a shootout. We saw Aaron Rodgers have one of his best days. Uh, I think he went like 32 of 44, threw for four touchdowns, and everybody was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is back. The the Jordan Love knocking on the door, taking his spot. Um, so I'm definitely on, on on board with Aaron Rodgers. And then Devontae Adams, and when he's healthy, how, how is he not – you know, one of the top two or three receivers in the league. And for everybody that's... Is he the best player in fantasy football right now? Even though he's uh, injured. Even though he's injured, is he the best player in fantasy football? No. And we will get to my fantasy football MVP later. Okay. But, but, but he's definitely up there. And he's he's definitely one of the top elite fantasy wide receivers. Um, one of the fan- elite fantasy players overall. He's just the the model of consistency, right? When he plays and he's on the field, he's just a, a, a consistent wide receiving threat. Um, and then Aaron Jones being out in this one, I like the Jamal, um, the Jamal, uh, what's his name? Is Williams. Boy. Jamal Williams. Yeah, I, I like that. Two weeks in a row, he's going to see a start. He looks fresh, so um, I look forward forward to him having a big day against Minnesota. And then I'm excited to see about Justin Jefferson continuing to to break out as a rookie candidate. And I, I like what he's doing this year in Minnesota. So. Yeah, and, and we also get the return of Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think that this is a good spot for him coming off of an injury, coming off of a bye week. We can see what he's about in a game that Minnesota's going to have to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, especially with that high-powered offense. And you know they're going to be throwing the rock, especially with Aaron Jones out. Uh, I do like Jamal Williams in there as well. But don't forget those dynasty players. I'm, I'm sure you're already aware of this guy, Mr. Big Legs, Mr. Saquon Barkley, the second <laughs> half of the body, point two point oh. Um and A.J. Dillon, man, make sure you, this guy isn't just floating on your waiver wire if you're in Dynasty. And if you are in redraft leagues, make sure you're paying attention because if he does get some carries, it, it would be interesting to see how they fold him into the offense. Uh, Coach is definitely talking about getting him some touches this game, so we will see when it comes to him. But I do like what I'm seeing out of Devontae Adams this year. I think when he plays, um, it's hard not to, to call him the number one player when he's averaging – 20 to 30 points a game at the receiver position, which we typically, I mean, you only see that on breakout games, and he does that every single week. Uh, we'll see what happens with this Green Bay Packers-Minnesota Vikings matchup. Also, I think Thielen has a big day today, too. Uh, big yeah, day two, Thielen had two touchdowns last time they met, uh, met up, and it was a 43-34 game, so expect a lot of fantasy points out of this one. Boom. 
a division game that we may may not see as many fantasy points from as far as what we're used to this Pittsburgh Steeler and Baltimore Ravens game both teams playing very well defensively and on paper it looks like this should be an offensive uh explosion but these are both two de- defensive division teams and Aaron and I know we've talked about this for years as far as these division matchups especially in the AFC North and just what they typically do sometimes it's high scoring sometimes it's low scoring Aaron what are your thoughts on this week's matchup uh I'm, I'm gonna say I think this is the best rivalry in football right now um I know it goes overlooked a lot of people talk about you know the NFC East they're trash and you know the Patriots and whoever but I think over the course of the past probably 15 15 years or so, I think these two teams have been the best rivalry in football. And we have seen high-scoring and low-scoring games. I, I honestly think this one's going to be a low-scoring game. I, I'm uh, The fantasy output in this one, I'm, I'm worried about. Um, two really, really strong defenses. Uh, you got you got an older quarterback in Big Ben who's been – he's been good in, in, in real-life football perspective. But the fantasy numbers, if you look at them – um, they're blowing out teams and then he'll have 219 passing yards and like a touchdown. So yeah. it hasn't been, it hasn't been spectacular, but I do think there's guys where you can find some value in, in games like this. Um, such as last week, like a Deontay Johnson who, who got back on the field, got healthy and we saw what he's capable of doing. And he's, ha- he's capable of having those big fantasy days, even if big Ben is not. Um, and then I also look for, for guys like Marquise Brown today. I think, um, Pittsburgh right now is allowing the, the furthest depth per target, for receivers. So I'm looking for Marquise Brown to make some big splash plays. Uh, and then well, we'll see what happens in the Baltimore Ravens backfield with Gus Edwards, uh, Mark Ingram, not likely to play. Is this JK Dobbins breakout game? Uh, Baltimore's also struggled. I mean, sorry, Pittsburgh has also struggled against pass catching receivers a little bit or pass catching running backs. So I look for JK Dobbins maybe to, to break out this game and, and who knows what'll happen after this. If he, if he has a good game here, he might start to see a little bit more, a little bit more time. Yeah, they, they definitely need a spark uh, with that Ravens team. And coming off of a bye, too, you're always, you always look for coming off of a bye to start either integrating rookies or trying something new, something that they have at least a little bit of time to work out and try. And J.K. Dobbins, I do feel like, is, is a player that could have a big week this week. Um, I also think Gus Edwards, too. They're going to give him some carries. So if you're looking for just some RB3, RB4 love, especially during these bye weeks, I think both backs are actually – able to consider right now uh Gus Edwards is going to be obviously a little bit more touchdown dependent J.K. Dobbins will probably be a little bit more hey is is part of the game flow um department but I do like that that Marquise Brown call I'm looking for Lamar Jackson to come off of this bye week um health I'm not sure if health was an issue early on He, he denied it he said he was fully healthy but something didn't seem right with him and until two weeks ago when he had that 100 yard rushing game uh he wasn't looking like Lamar Jackson so I'm hoping he comes off a bye. I'm thinking that this team gets it rolling, and it'll be tough against this Pittsburgh team, uh, Pittsburgh team uh, who is really a dice roll when it comes to the wide receiver position. I think that you can say one week Deontay Johnson's looking like the wide receiver one. You saw Juju had the heavy target share last week. Uh, Claypool obviously only had one target, I think, or something like that, but he's obviously part of their game flow. They're getting into him in the run game as well. Uh, so it's a little bit of a question mark when you play your uh, Pittsburgh guys. And so if you're building your team around these Pittsburgh players, one thing you also want to maintain is that you have some consistent players in your lineups too. use these guys as your, your risk. So when you have a, a chase Claypool, you have a Juju, just don't expect them to be consistent when it comes to week to week basis and getting you 15 to 20 points. They're going to get you 20, 25 one week. They're going to get you seven to five the next week. So be prepared when it comes to making decisions like, um, with the Steelers receivers. 
this Tennessee Titans and Cincinnati Bengals matchup. Uh, Cincinnati is down a lot of talent right now on the offensive line in the backfield, and Tennessee is a strong play right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on this coming into this game for the Cincinnati Bengals and Tennessee Titans? Uh, I actually like the Cincinnati Bengals in this spot. Tennessee's defense is giving up a lot of big plays, and for whatever reason, uh, Cincinnati likes to throw the ball. So if you have Joe Burrow, I think this is a good spot for him. And we watched Big Ben. We've watched a number of teams have success passing the ball against Tennessee. I actually like Joe Burrow. I actually like Giovanni Bernard. And then all three wide receivers in this order, though. Oh, for everybody that's getting excited about the A.J. Green uh, last couple weeks, it's still Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and then A.J. Green. That's the order I have them in. But I do like the, the, the offense here for Cincinnati against Tennessee. It's not going to equate to a win. But I think they'll have a lot of opportunity to score. And then look for Derrick Henry to probably rush for another 200 yards. I, I've been, I've been, I've been really on, I've been hard on Derrick Henry over the course of his career. But when he has good games, I mean, they're not just good. They're, I mean, it's monster games. It's 200 yards a game, you know, yeah. two touchdowns. I look for him to have one of those days today against Cincinnati. And I, I could see this one getting out of hand early, which could benefit the Cincinnati passing game. Um, as far as some fantasy points, but I think Derrick Henry does well here. Well, I think uh, an, un an underrated part of this Tennessee Titans offense, obviously, is Ryan Tannehill. The team knows it. They paid him in the offseason, but he's been a QB1 this entire season. And so we can't sleep on Ryan Tannehill anymore. And even with this heavy run game, you have a, one of the top five running backs with Derrick Henry. You're still getting QB1 play from Ryan Tannehill. Fire him up in your lineups. If you have another quarterback ahead of him, Feel free even moving him in a deal and getting yourself more talent for your starting lineup because Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback that you can trust, not just with his arms, but with his legs as well. And they're consistent in the way that they use him. So you can trust Ryan Tannehill in situations and treat him as a QB1. Don't treat him as anything other than that. I also think we see Corey Davis continue to evolve in this offense in this in this what third year in the league, fourth year in the league. Um, yeah, it feels like he skipped two years, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's his fourth year. <laughs> it did, but it's like you know, I think we're finally starting to see. I, I don't think we'll ever get to that point of Corey Davis as a top receiver, but he's fitting into his role on the offense, uh, which is good to see. Tennessee needs this, and obviously Corey Davis you know, for fantasy purposes. If you've been holding on to him in dynasty, or if you've been kind of writing him off. He's a startable player at this point in his career. Double-digit performances in all of his games so far this year. Corey Davis, I like what he what he's able to do. You, do you uh, think – nice I want to chime in. Do you think that, that Corey Davis is now benefiting from A.J. Brown's skill or talent? Do you think A.J. Brown's starting to draw coverage away from um, Corey Davis? Because I think, I think Corey Davis is now benefiting from that A.J. Brown on the other side versus maybe he wasn't a number one. Maybe he was always at, hey, you need somebody on the other side of me. Um, because like you said, he, he's been producing and he looks to be the guy or somewhat of yeah. the guy that we thought he would be coming into the league. Well, I do, and I think it helps out both receivers. When you have when you have a tight end, Johnny Smith, that can come in and, and demand coverage. When you have a running game that sometimes demands seven, eight in the box, like you have to be able to respect that. I think when you have an offense and hole that's clicking, makes it work. When you have Marcus Mariota throwing two for three years, it makes <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was about to say. Maybe it was a Mariota factor. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that it, it comes with time, and we talk about that a lot with rookie receivers, how it takes time to learn your assignments, making sure that you're doing the right blocking assignments, making sure that you're coming in and playing a complete package when it comes to receiver running your routes at the right time, the, the right timing when it comes to your routes running the right depth. And so when you're talking about a Corey Davis who's now in his fourth year in the league, 
Um, I think it is his time. It's it's time to he's either going to be that receiver we thought he's going to be, whether that's a WR2 for fantasy purposes, WR3. I think that could be debatable, but I think we're finally starting to see the production level that we need with a good quarterback, good run game, and supporting cast around him. Um, when it comes to Cincinnati side of the football, Joe Mixon being out again, and then that offensive line, this, this actually kind of scares me for Cincinnati. I know you're saying uh, you think that this would be a good fantasy game. Uh, I'm not sure of that. I think this could be a low-scoring output for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, when you have a lot of injuries on the offensive line, sometimes it turns into uh, to, to turnovers. I do like the Titans' defense this game, and um, I think that that actually might be a streamable, maybe even like a DK play if you're looking for potential turnovers or high sack numbers. Um, and, yes, I wanted to talk about A.J. Green. I think it's smoke and mirrors. I think A.J. Green's performance last week is smoke and mirrors. Could even be the sign that they're looking to force him the ball, get trade bait, um, be able to get tradable assets. So when you're looking at high performances this week from from veterans, sometimes it could be showcasing their abilities before trade deadline on Tuesday. Moving on to the Raiders and the Browns. Las Vegas Raiders have somehow become a high-powered offense, a little bit different than we were expecting out of this team. We're seeing Carr throw the deep ball a lot more this year, and then we're also seeing this Cleveland Browns team go through some, some tragic injuries, man. We had, obviously, Nick Chubb went out earlier in the year, and then we saw Odell Beckham uh, uh, lost for the season in the last game, but then Baker Mayfield decided to turn his entire entire season around in one game, five touchdowns he threw. Baker Mayfield, Aaron, what are your thoughts on the Baker Mayfield transformation without OJ, uh, OBJ? I don't buy it. Um, I mean, I, I just don't buy it. We've looked at we've looked at his his two biggest games so far have both been against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm not gonna you know go up in arms because he throws for five touchdowns or whatever against the Bengals. It, it, I just I don't trust him. I don't trust that offense. I think they're still a run first offense. If I'm picking anybody out of that offense, it's Kareem Hunt until Nick Chubb gets back. Then it's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I, I don't trust the passing game there in Cleveland. I honestly think. think so. Let me ask you this though: You don't think that there's this could be a case of that star receiver demanding the ball and then just letting the quarterback be free to spread it out? Because we've seen his best performances have been without OBJ on the field. My my concern is not whether he's going to spread it out or try to force the ball to OBJ. My biggest concern is can he hit the wide open receiver that's wide open? <laughs> so um, no. To answer your question, the answer is no. I I don't I don't trust it. He has to show it to me for a little bit longer. I'm not going to take a game against Cincinnati, the team we just said that Tennessee's going to run all over yeah. um, and, and and jump you know, on the Baker Mayfield train again. We've seen this before. We saw it to start his career. Um, he can have those days where he has good games. I need to see him be more consistent before I get back on board with him. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, I, I've spoken this about a number of times. I think the guy that's underrated in this offense that changes the way they, they play is is Henry Ruggs. And I don't mean it from a fantasy perspective. It's not Henry Ruggs that's going to go out and get you 11 targets and, you know, five catches for 150 yards. But just the threat of having that speed on the field, if you watch the games, it opens up everything for Darren Waller, for Josh Jacobs, and even guys like Nelson Aguilar who, you know, was mediocre in Philadelphia is turning out uh, good fantasy output here in, in Oak or in Las Vegas. Sorry. So I think just the Henry Ruggs factor, look at their offense when he's playing and he's healthy versus when he's not, there's a huge difference there. So as long as Henry Ruggs is healthy, your your Las Vegas Raider players, I, I say plug him in and play him. Yeah. 
No, I like that, and it just looks like they're taking more chances. I think this Las, Ra- this, this Las Vegas Raider team is playing a little bit more true to what they did the year that they went to the playoffs. And throwing the deep ball, you just see that they're taking a lot more chances, whether it's to Aguilar, whether it's to Henry Ruggs. This team's getting out there and are using Darren Waller to kind of be that middle piece, that, that consistent target threat. They're almost like them. They're like the slot receiver um, in the way that he's, he's getting the action. Yeah, we have kind of seen Josh Jacobs' performance tail off a little bit, which is a little concerning. Uh, and I'm not sure if you just attribute that to the passing game or not. But expect to see a little bit more Josh Jacobs bounce back. I think that this team has to get to their running game uh, to open up the play. I think defenses are going to start to respect the deep ball a little bit more as we go. And we could see this game starting with Cleveland as they attack. Um, their pass rush starts to get in the attack, and sack leader Miles Garrett decides that it's his rough backfields. Um, when it comes to this Cleveland team, I think you're right. Obviously, we're waiting on the return of Nick Chubb. We got Kareem Hunt in the backfield. But what about this tight end position, too? Austin Hooper is out. And we've seen David Njoku. We've also, they also have rookie um, – I'm, I'm dropping on his name right now. Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant coming in there making waves. And so this could be a position where we see a little bit of change. Do you think this is one of those instances where they're getting Njoku in there because it's a trade looming? Um, I, I could see I could see in Joku. We actually saw an Injoku sighting last game, even though Harrison Bryant had the bigger game. They yes. made sure to get Injoku that touchdown towards the end of the game. Um, I do like Injoku this week. I do think he is a, a heavy trade candidate, and I yes. think they try to get him involved, maybe boost his value a little bit this last you know weekend before the trade deadline. But I, I think they really like Harrison Bryant and. If I'm a if I'm a Cleveland Browns guy, I, I'm probably a little upset we spent the money on Austin Hooper because when you yeah. watch Harrison Bryant play, he has he has some skills, man. So I think Injoku is 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 in a prime spot for a good game here though because of the trade factor, and I do think he gets moved before Tuesday. So um, I, that might be a that might be a good little uh, DraftKings play today just to kind of probably get him cheap and throw him in there, and uh, maybe it's a dart throw, but I think you might get a touchdown out of him, and may, maybe they try to force him. Yeah, and before we move to the next game, there's obviously with Odell Beckham going down, there's room for targets, there's room for touches with this Cleveland, uh, Cleveland's Brown receiving core, and it's a little bit up in the air. Who's going to be getting that love? We got Donovan Peoples-Jones, rookie, coming in there, got a little bit of targets there on that last drive. We also have Rashad Higgins coming in there with uh, a throwback game for Rashad Higgins. Um, who takes over this receiving core? Because Jarvis Landry obviously is not – I don't think he's ever will be the answer when it comes to being a wide receiver one. He's going to be as consistent four to five, six catches, a couple throws here and there, maybe a couple runs, but that's not the receiver in, in Cleveland that we want. Who's the receiver that we make this decision on? Is it a Rashard Higgins? Is it a Donovan People Jones? Who do you think? Um, I think it's Rashard Higgins. I think he's the more talented receiver. I watched Donovan People Jones even at Michigan. I think. I mean, he's a good receiver, but I don't think he's that he's that next guy. I think he's a guy that will fit into, you know, a team and play. But Rashard Higgins, I think him and Baker Mayfield have had something, I think all along, even when Odell was there, um, obviously being behind Odell and Jarvis, you're not going to get the playing time. So right. I look I look for Rashard Higgins to take over those targets. And if you were fortunate enough to either spend money or go out and pick him up on the waiver wire, I think you'll get a decent return for the rest of the season. I think he could be a wide receiver, two, three-ish. Um, especially in an offense that they don't really have, I don't want to say they don't have playmakers because obviously they're one of the more talented teams in the league, but the way they run their offense, it's not going through a whole lot of people. It's right. the running backs, it's Jarvis Landry, 
and it's the other receiver if it's not Odell, right? It's somebody else. So I think Rashard Higgins can see seven to ten targets a game, and I think he'll be able to produce at, at wide receiver two, three numbers for the rest of the season. I like it. I like it. Wide receiver three flex, Rashard Higgins. Get him on if he's on your waiver wire. Make sure he's not just sitting there. Moving on to New England and Buffalo. If you would have talked about this at the beginning of the year, we might have said this is a marquee division matchup. It does not look like that at all right now. But I think we'll have different takes on this game. We most definitely <laughs> will. <laughs> so New England and Buffalo. Let's start on the Buffalo side of the football. Um, Aaron, talk about this, you know, this Buffalo team who has a ton of weapons. looking to play for a championship potentially at some point. This offense has had some highs and lows. What are your thoughts on this Buffalo team? Uh, The the first thing that comes to mind with the Bills, man, is I'm a little bit disappointed in the Devin Singletary, their run game. Uh, I think a lot of people had high expectations of Singletary coming into this season based on his performance at the end of last year. And he's kind of fell short of those expectations. And then we we saw a lot of early talk about Zach Moss and maybe they want Zach Moss to be the guy. But he's been out for a lot of weeks, and he hasn't been that impressive either. So um, I'm looking for this Buffalo running game to start to get on track. I look for them to actually try to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, But there's one guy I want to talk about with Buffalo. That's Cole Beasley. I think, you know, ex-Cowboy. I'm not a big fan of him, but he's been the model of consistency this year. So and, I know we're getting some cowboy talk on here, man. How the hell always, are we getting cowboy hey, talk already? Well, sh- hey, shit, we got to talk about something. I can't talk about the real cowboys. I got to talk about ex-cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Cole Beasley's floor, I just really like his floor. I think, you know, you can plug him in a lineup, and he's not going to – he might not win you a week, but he's not going to kill you. He's not going to kill you that week because you know he's going to see a target share. And, again, he's reliable. He's going to get you five, six catches, 65 Absolutely. yards, score you, you know, 11 to 15 points. And, and it's solid. So um, obviously we know what we're getting with Diggs, and there's really nobody else there that's been catching passes lately. So um, the Cole Beasleys, uh, but I'm really, really interested to see how Devin Singletary kind of steps up going forward, and is he going to be worth that ADP that everybody spent early in the year? Yeah, and I can see a lot of that with this Buffalo offense too. Um, there's definitely the f- high floor when it comes to Cole Beasley, but I am very excited about Zach Moss. And I know you said he's been a little underwhelming up to this point. Yeah, he, he had some good touches last week, and I think that this team can't move and be the team that they want to be until they get the run game where they need to, and that's where Zach Moss comes in. I'm excited about Zach Moss. And I'm almost ready to put the J-Hen stamp of approval as my breakout player for Zach oh boy. this week. Hey, I'm putting him in every lineup. Put him in the lineup. <laughs> I think this is the week that we see Zach Moss take over this offense. One or two touchdowns this week. Almost 100 yards. I'm not sure we're going to get a 30-point breakout like we've been getting with the J-Hen calls. But this is the week Zach Moss takes over this offense. That's who I got. I, I hope I hope you're right because I invested heavily in him in a lot of dynasty leagues and a lot of redraft leagues as well. You know, on the end of my bench, so um, I, I'm not. Why should I doubt you? You're two for two. I'm, I'm not going to doubt you. He's going in. Yeah, he's going not not this week. I'm not putting him in. Week. The reason why is it just because I think it's a rookie supplanting a, a struggling veteran. I think this is more of a case of this Buffalo football team is going to need some power running heading into. The, the last weeks of the year as they're trying to establish themselves as a football team, you got to have somebody that can consistently touch the ball, get you red zone carries, get tough touchdowns when Josh Allen, because you don't want Josh Allen breaking down 
running every single ball in. They don't really have a true red zone threat. It's like you got Diggs, you got Cole Beasley. There's no just true big receiving threat right there. And they got to be able to start running the, the football, especially the weather gets colder, playoff times, teams get tougher. Uh, I really like what Zach Moss is going to bring to the table. Moving forward, RB2 floor, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the Josh Allen point is 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 particularly important because they put a lot on Josh Allen's shoulders, and I think as the season progresses, you can see it's not that he feels the pressure, but he's forced to do everything: run the ball, throw the yep. ball, and you see how the play the the Bills play has deteriorated without that run game. So I think it's important, especially when they match up against these other big time teams in the AFC, the Baltimore's, the Pittsburghs, the Kansas Cities. Without that running game, they're not the same team. When they play those average and mediocre teams, they, they're able to get by with it. But without that running game, they, they struggle against those good teams. Yeah, we're going to see if they get by against a mediocre Patriots team right now. This Patriots team isn't what we come to expect in the Bill Belichick term. Uh, we've seen a little bit of struggles, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. And Cameron Newton, uh, who's been struggling since he missed a few games, uh, missed a few weeks out with COVID, uh, obviously, he said there's no lingering effects, but we've seen Julian Edelman is now gone on IR for the rest of the season. Uh, Nikhil Harry is out this week with a concussion. Sonny Michelle doesn't come back until next week. This team is just banged up. Uh, probably looking to be buyers at the deadline if they somehow manage to get a win at this game. What are your thoughts on this Patriots team right now, Aaron? Well, I'm just going to say a shameless plug here. Uh, sideline to Sideline podcast. Uh, yes, we called it. Um, we called it at the beginning of the season. This is an eight and eight Patriots team, uh, even with Cam. Cam, the Cam, the talent is not the issue, and we talked about it before. It's the it's the you replace Tom Brady, who you complained about not having weapons, with a guy who was in a Carolina team that quote unquote didn't have the weapons before. So um, I didn't like the spot for Cam. I think I think we're going to continue to see the Patriots struggle, not only. In, in the passing game, in the running game, but just as a team overall. I think Cam Newton is in a situation where if he's not running the football, that fantasy value that we've all come to know Cam have is, is not there. And I know you you have very differing opinions of Cam Newton yeah. as, a, as a football player overall, whatever. but from the fantasy perspective, Cam Newton – his legs is where he's always been valuable. And it seems like it seems like after week two, they either gone away from it. Maybe it's the illness. Maybe it's the, hey, we don't want to. He's out for two weeks. Tannehill didn't practice for two weeks, and he's still doing Tannehill things. And that's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. I, I just don't. I think there is something going on that's bigger. And I, I'm not saying the New England Patriots are tanking. I'm not saying they're tanking at all. I don't believe NFL teams tank. But Bill Belichick has been known to do some weird shit. And I think <laughs> I think Bill Belichick right now has his eyes and – you can quote me out. I think he has his eyes on Trevor Lawrence. There's no way, bro. I, I'm telling you, they're talking about Stephon Gilmore's on the trade block. Yeah. They're talking all these guys are not, you know, mysterious injuries. Edelman had surgery. Nobody knew about it. I think they're they're looking at their team and he's like, I can't win with this roster. I look for them to actually be sellers at the deadline. And I think New England continues to struggle for the remainder of the year, get a top ten pick, and trade everything they got to get Trevor Lawrence. You know, you heard it here they, first. They got they got Cam on a one year deal, so I can see doing that. And I know there was talk about Tank for Trevor earlier in the season with the Patriots before they got Cam Newton, but this doesn't it doesn't feel like a give up season for them. Um, and I think with Cam Newton, 
when you have two weeks off, we've talked about this illness, uh, not just on a football level, but on a national level, it hits people differently. Some people, obviously, for 90% of people, they get over it and no symptoms. There's a 10% of people that have symptoms, and then obviously it can be even worse for some people. But it also is in regards to timing. And I think we're going to see this as a consistent thing uh, from football, from the from the NFL players. We're going to have some teams that are strong after coming from a week off or the COVID impact. And then we're going to have other teams that really – teams that depend on timing, teams that depend on – on that haven't been together for a long time. This could affect them a little bit more. There was no preseason. There ha- there was – it was a little bit short ramp-up period. Cameron only had two weeks really to get in with this team and then two weeks off completely away from the team. And so when these players have to be removed from these teams, there could be some timing issues from people that aren't – that really aren't there, and especially when you have – Brutal injuries to the receiving core, to the running back core, to the offensive line. Um, we will see. But I think this is a big bounce back spot for Cam Newton. And you you did mention a lot of his fantasy ability comes uh, with his legs. And we've seen him produce 20-point games for the games that he's been in there as a QB1. So for me, when I see Cam, I do see a running quarterback. I do see a quarterback that is going to be limited with his passing options. But I do see a quarterback that's going to put up QB1 numbers this week. When it comes... I, I actually, actually, uh, as much stuff as I talked about Cam, I actually like him in this spot this week. I think yeah. Buffalo. I think Buffalo struggles against running quarterbacks. Um, we actually saw Mahomes actually get on the move in that game against them. Um, I think this is if you're going to find a spot for Cam to bounce back. I think this is a good spot for him to bounce back. And he's the kind of player. This feels like a must-win week for Cam when the media starts getting on him. He starts amping up the social media talk. You know, Cam is going to bounce back. I like this spot for him. Uh, running back. I just. Quick rapid fire, real quick. Who's the running back you like for the for the New England Pats? It's it's normally a dice throw, but I think there's one name that might pop up here. Um, honestly, I, I like the guy that touches the ball around the goal line. Um, I think James White with Cam is kind of phased out. I don't like James White in this offense anymore. I'm gonna go with Damian Harris just because I think he's probably the most talented running back there, and he'll probably get most of the goal line work uh, going forward. That's true. I was thinking James White because they don't really have any passing threats this week. So you might be seeing some Cam with some short dump-offs, Christian McCaffrey style. I thought that last week, and then James White just disappeared. And I didn't yeah. – I was I, I was kind of – you know, it's Bill Belichick and running backs. Yeah, we're going to move on to this Jets game. But there was one uh, – there was a quote that came out. Danny Woodhead said this week, he was like, you know, people would always ask me, why didn't you tell me you are going to have a breakout game? He was like, I didn't even know I was going to have a breakout game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't even think Belichick knows. I think he goes into the game and he's like, ah, get in there. Ah, okay, yeah, let's we're riding him. Man. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they say you know uh, they say that they say that about Sean McVay too. Huh? They say that about Sean McVay too and with uh the Rams. Like yeah. they don't even know when they're going to see the touches. They're just in the game and the coach says, "Okay, that's who we're going with." So That's crazy, man. It's 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 a definitely a coin flip and one team that's not a coin flip is this New York Jets team. We know that they are trash. Um but we don't know <laughs> when it comes to a fantasy point um who's always going to be the the threat there. And so uh, we got them up against the Kansas City Chiefs this this week. Um, probably a blowout. But we do got to talk about it for fantasy purposes. Let's do a quick hitter on this game. What do you like about this game, either on the Jets side or the Chiefs side? Um, biggest favorites of the year. They're favored by 19, 21, whatever it is, the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you have Chiefs, you're starting them. Um, I actually, from the Jets' perspective, I like Denzel Mims here. I was I was really high on Denzel Mims coming into this year. I drafted him in almost every dynasty league I have, but he was unable to get on the field. And now with Jamison Crowder continuously banged up, and then you have Bashard Perriman out, 
Last week, Mims saw seven targets. It was a you know it was a low production week for him, but I was I was impressed with his size and his physical nature. Um, so I look for him to to actually have a really good day here. And then I'm ex- I'm excited about LaMichael P. Ryan as well. I think Frank Gore, this Frank Gore experiment that is yeah. continuously kind of like the Adrian Peterson thing. I think as the season goes on and when you're 0-7, 0-8, you kind of got to get guys in there that are younger. What do we have going forward in the future? I think he right. continues to see more touches. So I'm excited about LaMichael P. Ryan, in the, in the, at least in the pass catching um, area, because I think Gore's still going to get some of the, the red zone carries and, you know, the kind of, hey, you're, you're this Hall of Fame running back. We're going to make sure you get some touches. But, but I'm excited about LaMichael P. Ryan as well. So two rookies on the Jets that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, good point about Mims and P. Ryan, man, because I think that uh, they're obviously looking to the youth and what they got on their roster. I'm going to go to the KC side and talk about this Jets team in the same format because we got the return of Le'Veon Bell. Revenge game. Bell is toted heavy this week. We're probably going to see 10 to 15 touches from Le'Veon Bell. Expect to see one to two scores. Le'Veon Bell is going to go off against his former team. He's going to be... First down drop in a lot of balls this week. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, heavy, heavy, heavy. If you got him, he's probably a, a heavy play on DK. So fade him, contrarian, uh, if you're going to go with that because he's going to be heavy in tournament lineups. But if you're going head-to-head or if you're in a shorter format, you must have him in your lineup. 100% will score this week at some point. Uh, all it depends on is the yards. But I think that they look to get him involved in this offense. Clyde had a big week last week. And then obviously you know what to expect from chief players. But Le'Veon Bell is the player that I would expect to have a big game this game this week. If you have him on your bench and Yahoo projects him for eight points or whatever, ignore that. Throw him in the lineup. Absolutely. I agree. Moving on to the Rams and Dolphins. And we get to see another Jahan call. Tua is in the lineup as the starter. Tua will be playing this week for the second time. Um, but for this as a starter, uh, the first time against a Ram, tough Rams team, gonna be seeing Aaron Donald here this week. What are your thoughts on the start of Tua Dynasty in Miami? Uh, you definitely called this a couple weeks ago. I, I didn't expect it after Ryan Fitzpatrick had won two games in a row, two blowouts in a row. Um, yeah. but it makes sense after hearing everything in Miami, like this was the plan all along after the bye week. Two is the guy. Didn't matter if they were five and one. Didn't matter if they were one and five. So, um, you know, kudos to the Miami Dolphins first off by following and sticking to their plan, knowing that Ryan Fitzpatrick was not going to lead them to a Super Bowl. Let's get right. the young guy in here and, and see what he got. So I'm excited about Tua. I, I've never been the biggest fan of Tua. Um, I spoke about this a couple of times about left-handed quarterbacks. There's only been like 41 of them in the league, and and I don't know for forever, and they're just weird to me. So I, I have to be I have to be shown that he can be good. I have to be shown that he's Steve Young, not not you know I'm not going to predict that. So, but I am excited about him, and what a way to make your entrance is against Aaron Donald and that Rams defense. Uh, but with that being said, I still I think the Dolphins players. I don't think there's much that changes for me. I think the Devontae uh, Parkers, I think the the Miles Gaskins, I don't think their value changes much from what they were with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Tua is capable of of maintaining that that level of play, and if yeah. not, uh, more so. So um, you might get a little bit of rushing out of Tua because he is athletic. Um, so I, I, think, I think things stay the same with Miami. I think they'll be fine. Um, what I want to talk about here is the Rams, though. I think, I think we're starting to get some clarity in the Rams' backfield. I think it is a true um, right now – I, I do. I think it's a true split. I think right now, um, I don't think they trust Cam Akers. 
yet as a rookie. So I think this year Cam Akers is going to be that third guy. And I think it's going to be a true split between Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. But the key thing to watch is when are these running backs being used? In all high leverage moments, it's always Daryl Henderson. If you look at the high leverage moments, Daryl Henderson's getting the carries. He's actually rated the number one running back in football. Um, So just just keep that in mind. I think Daryl Henderson's going to see his touches. So if you have him on your roster, he's not going to be an RB1. You just you can throw that out the window. There's no RB1 in, in, in the Rams offense, but he's somebody that you can rely upon every week, and I think he's going to be the one that's pretty consistent in that backfield. Well, you touched on most of the points I want to hit on. Tua, uh, I do think that Tua will shine. Um, is it going to be this year? That's the question, but if he's a guy that's sitting on your waiver wire, you don't want to leave him on there um, because he does have the capability to change your team, which is what you look for in fantasy. Do you have players on waivers that can change your team, high-risk players that can – that can lead you to a championship. Two is there, and I think he covered everything except for on the Ram side of the football. Um, I want to talk about Jared Goff because I think that this could be a slower week for him as I think they lean to the run game a little bit more than the passing game. And we've seen a little bit of inconsistency this year out of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods as well, even at a tight end position. Uh, I just think that passing offense in general is a bit of a coin flip at times. Uh, so take your luck with you're going to get a wide receiver one week or a wide receiver three week out of these guys. Actually, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that. With Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, it seems like one of them has a, a big week against a team you don't think. Then it's the next guy the next week, and then it's neither yeah. one of them. Where do you have them going forward? I know a lot of people at the beginning of the year had Cooper Cup. I mean, he's drafted really high. Like a lot of people liked him as a, that wide receiver one-two, or you know, even a, just a, a solid two. Neither one of these guys is performing as as a wide receiver two right now. It's all wide receiver flex, wide receiver three, and flex. Is that what you see them going forward? And is it kind of a dart throw on which weeks are going to be the good weeks? Or is there some sort of the thing you're looking for? Because um, it seems like they're they're not even a guy you can look at a matchup and say, hey, this guy's going to have a good day. I've, I've kind of stayed away from the Rams receivers. And I yeah. think going forward, I'm going to. I'm not going to really be into them. So I think it's kind of like those Patriots running backs. You just you don't know what to expect in. Those the co- it's because the coaching. The coaching is is what dictates that. And it could be game flow. It could be matchups. We don't know. And when you don't have that kind of intel, it's a good thing for real football purposes, but for fantasy purposes, it's tough to trust. And you don't want to have guys that have a zero floor or a four-point floor in your lineup for PPR purposes and then 20-point weeks. Like You can't have too many of those guys as your number one or your number twos. So I think that's where you get a little bit of conflicting conflicting uh, information. You know, It's like, what do you do in this scenario? You want to treat them like a wide receiver two or three, and they might each season long. They're going to end up as that. It's just they might hurt your week more times than they help your week, which is a problem when you're trying to get wins. So I would stay away from the Rams' uh, wide receiving core. Cooper Cup's probably going to be the most consistent because the touches. Um, Robert Woods probably has the highest upside, so it just depends on what your team needs. Agreed, agreed. Moving on to the Chargers and Denver Broncos. We've got the lost uh, Angeles Chargers there with the Denver Broncos. Let's try to get through these ones a little bit quicker. We have four games left on tap after this one. Um, not much to say here, to be honest. I, I like the I like the fantasy I put um, that Justin Herbert's been putting out. I think he's really impressive. I'm impressed with all the rookie quarterbacks this year. Uh, quarterback obviously being a hard position. Most times people come in and you know it's 210 yards, one touchdown, three picks, and I think Justin Herbert and the Joe Burrows have actually kind of exceeded expectations. So I look for him to continue to have a um, you know good performances, and then it's nice to have uh, the Denver Broncos Noah Fant back. I think he changes that offense. I think he makes Drew Locke a much better play than without him. 
Um, obviously, they're without Cortland Sutton. Just having his weapons back and having the Philip Lindsays and the Melvin Gordons, um, I think Drew Locks becomes a better play with Noah Fant on the field. But like you said, I think they're pretty much the guys you're going to play here or the guys you're going to play here. You're probably not searching for any dart throws on, on either one of these teams. Yeah, Justin Justin Herbert, I think, is the real deal. We're going to see QB1. I mean, he's been performing as a QB1. I don't see any drop-off uh, with the level of play. I think they got their guy, and I'm glad that they got him in there over Tyrod. has uh, changed the way that this team offensively is playing. And then on the Denver side of the ball, uh, I think, you know, it's tough. With, if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, you don't know what's even coming with that looming suspension. It looks like we're going to have three-game suspension here in, in a couple weeks. Uh, Phillip Lindsay is going to take over, but it doesn't really even look like he's going to be – you know, he might be volume where he gets 20 carries, but is he the thousand yard Philip River, uh, Philip Lindsay? Who knows, man? But uh, I don't offer uh, fantasy purposes. I think this is a backfield you stay away from. If Lindsay does end up taking over the, the line of share carries, I think that Royce Freeman is going to play a part in there, too. Um, and it doesn't look like this is a high volume offense for fantasy purposes, really, anyway, outside of a potentially a Noah Fant. So, uh, like you said, I think we know what to expect from both of these teams. A matchup I am intrigued about is this new orleans bears matchup kind of intrigued by it man because obviously mike thomas is out this game we got nick Foles there. alan robinson is playing so for those guys who are um looking for injury update alan robinson got clearance for the concussion protocol he will be playing this week what are your thoughts on this new orleans chicago matchup there's two things i really want to talk about when it comes to this game well, first of all, kudos to to Chicago and Allen Robinson for making that decision and uh, announcement before Sunday. That way, yes. people can get prepared. I, I always like it when coaches and and players are able to say yes or no before the day. Unlike the Chris Carson this week. Anyways, um, you know, I'm I'm really excited about this wide receiver core, uh, receiving core with New Orleans because you have Michael Thomas out, you have Emmanuel Sanders out, and now you have Marquez Callaway out as well, who I was excited about. Yeah. So who's the guy? Who's the guy that's going to catch passes? Well, I believe it's a guy named Deontay Harris, little little uh, scat Tyreek Hill esque receiver. Um, he's he's definitely a game changer. The athletic ability is there. So I look for I look for him to have a really good day here. Um, obviously, you have Drew Brees throwing you the ball. Somebody's got to catch it, and then. And then the volume of Alvin Kamara just goes up even more, right? They, they already yeah. use him in the passing game. Expected a number, a huge number of targets to be thrown his way. But I want to focus more on Chicago. Number one, David Montgomery is not a good running back. I don't care what anybody says. He's not a good running back. Everybody was hyping him up. The, coming, into the, or coming into the league last year, David Montgomery, oh, he's this, he's that. I watched him run. I, he's not impressive to me. I, I don't know if it's the offense. I know the Bears offensive line is not good. But he just doesn't look like a very good running back to me. I think he's just mediocre. Um and then, you know, this this Bears offense has just struggled all around. Allen Robinson seems to be the only fantasy-relevant player in in any part of their offense. Because Nick Foles isn't. I don't I don't know. I don't know who those people that believe in Nick Foles, he's not. So if it's not Allen Robinson, I'm staying away from all my Chicago Bears unless it's the defense. And then uh, like I said with New Orleans, I, I think Deontay Harris is uh, somebody to look at. <laughs> I do like the spot for Chicago defense this week. Actually, I think that it's a good uh, it's a good spot for them coming because obviously New Orleans is just going to be only they're going to be loading up on Alvin Kamara this week. I don't really even touch that side of the football because we already know what to expect from New Orleans. But the Chicago Bears team, man, I was really excited. If to be honest, I'm sorry, Allen Robinson, if you're watching, I know you're not. But if you're watching, I'm sorry. I was really really excited to see what would happen if you'd have missed this game because there's a guy over there, Daryl Mooney. 
who I'm really excited about. And he, he they just missed him more than a few times this year. He has a big play potential for fantasy purposes. I wanted to see him get five to six opportunities and do something crazy with it. We obviously aren't going to see that this week, but I would have been excited for that. Part two, I think we see Jimmy Graham have a big week this week. I'm not just saying that because I own him. But- <laughs> I'm going to say, he, that's that fantasy <laughs> roster love right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I truly believe it. This is when you get those those guys that, goes up, that go up against their former teams, and obviously Allen Robinson had the concussion protocol. I think that this New Orleans team is going to be focused on limiting the deep plays. Um, they, they don't. I don't think they want this game to be a shootout. Uh, I think they're going to lean on – Chicago's going to be leaning on Jimmy Graham a little bit more than normal, expect him to get a score this week. Moving on to the Niners and the Seahawks. Uh, nice division game there. Yeah, nice division game there. We got three games left. Let's try to quick hit these as quick as possible. Uh, Niners, Seahawks, I think we – we kind of know what to expect on the Seahawks side of the ball. Obviously, there's some injuries at the running back position. I know you're probably wanting to talk about. And then the San Francisco 49ers as well. Who knows what we're getting with this team week in, week out. They've been ravaged by injuries as well. Debo Samuel going out. Uh, most of out on IR right now. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, number one, I don't know who's going to play running back. Uh, yeah. You have for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, either team, to be honest. You have you have Chris Carson, who's 50-50 shot to play. Travis Homer, who was hurt all week, didn't practice. Carlos Hyde has been doubtful. DJ Dallas seems to be the only healthy running back in Seattle. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you noticed, but I picked up all four of them in one league. I, I literally have every Seattle running back, whoever plays or whoever says they're good to go, that's who's getting the start because, you know, they're going to produce. And then from the – and then we saw Tyler Lockett get 20 targets last week, which was – you know, something that I think was kind of more of a, a game script kind of thing. It just happened so happened that way. I don't think I would downgrade DK Metcalf or anything like that. But that was an interesting, you know, interesting little nugget, 20 targets. And then on the 49ers side of the ball, without Debo Samuel, who's going to step up and catch passes there? I really, really like Kendrick Bourne in this spot. But even more excited about Brandon Ayuk and the athlete and the athletic ability that he has. Um, and then the backfield, you talked about it. Again, no Raheem Mostert. We saw... Uh, Jarek McKinnon, they wanted to quote unquote rest him. So he didn't, he got like one carry. Um, you get Tevin Coleman back and we'll talk more about the, the Niners running back as we get into my DK lineup. Cause I got something for you. <laughs> well, we'll leave the running backs alone then. Cause we might not get hasty. I don't know who's in the lineup there, but I do like Mr. Hey, we're going to dunk it on him. Mr. Kittle. I know that's happening this week. Kittle definitely featuring a lot of Kittle with Debo Samuel out. Um, and then on the Seahawks side of the, the ball, I think we see Seattle's offense. We know what it is. Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Um, both of the receivers are WR1s at this point. And with the run game, we'll see how it goes, man. Whoever's in there is going to produce probably strong RB2 numbers. Let so Russ cook. Expect This should be a good good football game to watch, though. Can't man, wait. Can't wait. Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles matchup we'll be watching this evening. Bro, how did that get on TV? I have no clue, man. I <laughs> hey, have no clue. That's man, why we're that's that's why we're America's team. Is he back? Because he suffered a brutal, brutal hit last week, man. And um, I think that this Dallas team has more problems than advertised. Going up against a Philadelphia Eagles team that seems to be kind of just dancing around and figuring it out. They don't figure it out. But what are your thoughts on this on this whole game, man? This is two terrible teams playing against each other in a terrible division at a terrible location. This is just I, – I don't know how this game made Sunday Night Football other than everybody likes to watch the Dallas Cowboys. Whether mm-hmm. you love them or hate them, whether you're talking about them or not, 
this not this should not be a Sunday night football game. Um, I'm not starting. I'm trying to stay away from every Dallas Cowboy in this week. Um, obviously, if you have Zeke and Amari Cooper, those seem to be the most consistent players. You could probably put them in there and you'll be fine. But everybody else, I'm just staying away from. I don't even know who Ben DiNucci is. I don't know where he went to school. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe he'll do good. Maybe he won't. But I'm I'm firing up all my Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz, Travis Fulgham, Boston Scott, Jalen Rager's back. Throw him in the lineup. Richard Rodgers or Dallas Goddard. I don't care who it is. Put him in because this Dallas defense is bad. Every team they've played, they're on a a historic pace. Uh, A little quick fantasy nugget that I want to throw out there. The Dallas Cowboys are the only team in fantasy history. Get this, in fantasy history, that are giving up top 10 numbers to every offensive position. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end. The only team ever. Wow. Historic. 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 So they're making history. Watch them on Sunday Night Football. Probably like 43 to 3. Who knows what's going to happen. You know what? I actually actually kind of disagree on Dallas. I think even though there's a lot of injuries on this team and they're not a good football team, uh, I wouldn't give up on some of these talent pieces. I think that it, the injury hit this team in the worst way possible. I think you see a lot of uh, dysfunction right now with the coaching staff, the ownership. There's just a lot of turmoil in that organization. I think at some point they get it figured out, um, not when it comes to winning football, but I think that the offense gets back to a consistent point right now. We just have no clue what to expect from Zeke. Amari, some of these reliable pieces, CeeDee Lamb has been non-existent. Michael Gallup has been non-existent now. I think at some point we get some type of consistency. It's just not going to uh, happen now. But if you are in Dynasty or you're looking for a sleeper, Tony Pollard is your guy. Get him on your roster because Zeke is going to come up with the mystery injury. He's going to miss the rest of the season once his team starts to lose games. Tony Pollard, they're already working him in. Get him on your the back end of your bench if possible. Put him on your radar. Star him as a flag him as a player, whatever you can. Don't forget about Tony Pollard's name. Last but not least, we got the Monday Night Football game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Football Giants. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Tampa Bay side of this ball because the Giants, uh, they have a few. Actually, we'll talk about the Giants a little bit too, just a little bit. Uh, Sterling Shepard has returned. Evan Ingram is still terrible. Daniel Jones. <laughs> Evan Ingram is still terrible. <laughs> Falling, he can't get up. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I don't want any part of the Giants. This is a really, really good defense. Uh, this is a really, really good team against a really, really bad team. Um, I like. The only thing I'll say about this game is I like Scotty Miller here against the Giants. Um, I expect Bradbury to cover Mike Evans. Mike Evans seems to be still hampered by some injury. Doesn't look like he's... He's at his full potential, so I like Scotty Miller here with Godwin out, um, and I also like Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson might be a guy you want to watch uh, this week. He's when he's been in the game, he's made plays, and he might actually fill that Chris Godwin role more than Scotty Miller. Um, but I expect Tampa Bay to roll, so I'm starting all the Buccaneers here. Give me all the Leonard Fournette love you can. Uh, this guy is also starting to get involved in not just the running game, but the passing game is where I'm interested. So for PPR. Um, I think Ronald Jones is still the, the one there, and I think he will be for the foreseeable future until there's an injury or just Fournette supplants him. But watch out for Leonard Fournette because he's getting a lot of love in the passing game, and Brady seems to use him like he used the James White. There may be a 5-10 catch game here. I think he's had a 6-catch game already. Um, but there may be some high catch volume here from Leonard Fournette as they like to get him out in space, it seems like. 
Uh, Leonard Fournette is the guy watching the Tampa, Tampa Bay side of the ball. And somebody's got to come out here for the Giants and do something. I'm not sure who it is on the receiving core. Um, looking at Sterling Shepard, maybe Evan Ingram. Who knows with this team, man? Um, and at the backfield, I don't even want to talk about the backfield, man. There's no love. I'd rather just get into our DK lineups. Let's go. I'm ready. So we did not go last week, so we'll just start fresh this week and pretend like I didn't win the last time we played. Um, going into this week's DK lineup, actually, we did do lineups last week, didn't we? Even though we were off air, we did lineups. We had a really close matchup that you won, actually. Yeah, we did do it. We had it in there. I won two hundred eight to one ninety seven. So what are you up three one right two one right now? Uh, two one. You have two one. So yep. going this week, I'll get started on my lineup at the quarterback position. I have a young man by the name of Cameron Newton. Fifty seven hundred dollars. I don't think you can turn down QB one numbers with fifty seven hundred dollars. To me, that seemed like an easy decision. I think you're going off the narrative there that he's playing bad. That looked like love to me. RB, I have Zach Moss in there at 4,400. I think that's a good buy low opportunity. And at 4,600, I have Le'Veon Bell, who I said I was toting, and I 100% am. Spent heavy at the wide receiver position this week. Got to have Devontae Adams in there. If he's if he's playing right now, he seems like a must start. 27 points a week. Uh, you cannot beat that. I also have Adam Thielen and Mike Evans in there, so I went really heavy. This week, focusing on those wide receiver ones that think it have big weeks. The tight end position, we got Jimmy Graham. I'm expecting a score at least maybe two against this New Orleans team. Flex position, I have Jonathan Taylor, who I'm expecting big things from after the bye. I think they find ways to get him involved against a bad Detroit Lions run game, uh, run defense. And then last but not least, I have the Miami Dolphins because they were one of the cheapest. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you do it. All right, man. Uh, so I, we talked about him earlier. I started my quarterback. I went Joe Burrow, sixty two hundred dollars. I went Burrow. I think on Joe Burrow, man. Hey, I was talking a lot of smack about Burrow. I I'm, I can admit when I'm wrong. I, he looks like he's he's good enough to at least produce in this week for fantasy. Um, yep. Running back position. I actually went low here. I went Tevin Coleman for four thousand. Uh, there was some, there was some reports out of the 49ers offense that he was getting a lot of the first team reps. Um, and he looked good coming back from the injury. They activated him. So I went Tevin Coleman. I'm hopefully maybe get a score or two and uh, see what he does. Yeah. Then I went Boston Scott. We talked about Philadelphia. I went Boston Scott 6,000. I expect Miles Sanders obviously not to play. Uh, another Niner receiver. I went Brandon Ayuk. I expect him to have a, a nice day here. Uh, he was $5,800. I, I kind of went cheap on a lot of guys. Um, I also went T. Higgins with the Burrow connection for fifty six hundred. Um, I like what he's been doing, and he looks like a really, really talented guy. And then we went the same with Adam Thielen. Um, I yeah. took him at seventy two hundred. Um, I like the matchup there. Tight end, I went Darren Waller. I think uh, the Raiders force feed him like they do in games every now and then, and I think he has a huge day. And then my flex, I went for kind of a a big play guy here. I went Marquise Brown against the the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the matchup. I think Baltimore takes some shots deep. Uh, he was $6,100, which was kind of expensive for him because he's not the most consistent guy. But I just have a feeling there's going to be this 150, like, two-touchdown game coming, and it's going to happen, and hopefully yeah. it's this week. And then I went Philadelphia defense against Dallas because, you know, it's Dallas. It's Dallas, man. <laughs> now, any parting thoughts for this week? This is a big week for a lot of players. Week eight, it's the middle of the season almost, and uh, it feels like one of those weeks that has a chance to change somebody's season. Any, any parting thoughts before we head out there? Buyers and sellers. Uh, if you're in a redraft league and you're you're at the bottom, if you have to sell your top guys that aren't producing, you have to do it. Now's the time, right? Because you can't wait any longer. If you're at the top, 
Uh, start filling out your roster. Start looking at playoff matchups, things like that. Um, what's going to best, you know, set you up to win the league? It's no longer about week to week. You got to get. You're already probably going to make the playoffs. Get in there, find those good matchups late in the season, and, and set your team up for some success. Yeah, man. If you're if you're fighting in the middle too, make sure you value your wins. Don't trade away pieces or get rid of assets that you need. Make sure your bye weeks are covered now, and don't wait till it's too late to pick up the player that you're looking to make. Make the move if you have to make it. That does it for another episode of the Lineup Setters. Be sure to follow along both of our platforms on social media. Lineup Setters, another edition of the books. We're out. We out.